1: Recorded live. Well, welcome,
2: Amy. Um, this is our first week of the um, Reiki for Animals for Reiki Professionals course. Um, the first of four weeks. Um, it is September twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. And we are going to start with a meditation. This is called the Joshin Kokyu
1: Ho Meditation. Sit in a comfortable position. Your feet flat on the floor. Spine straight. Take a couple of deep breaths. Help cleanse away any stresses of the day. Breathe in, bringing the air deep into your belly and letting the air out, letting go of any tensions. Breathe in again, deep into your belly, out breath. Place your hands together in front of your heart. This is the gasho position. Set your intention that you're open to receiving whatever you need most
2: at this moment.
1: Whatever the people, animals, and situations in your life need at this moment. Set your intention that you're open to all who want to receive healing. We will now start the Joshin Kokyu Ho breathing. Slowly take in a deep breath in through your nose. Bring that breath all the way down to your belly, area we call the hara. Sit there for a second. Expanding your belly. Slowly release your breath. expanding it out of your body, through your skin, the space around you. And through your nose. Bringing the breath down to your hara. Feel your breath filling your entire body with energy. The out breath. Feel that energy expanding out of your body, your skin, space around you. Breathe in again. Filling your body with energy. See this energy as a beautiful, bright light. This is a light you are born with. Your original nature, true being, your true self. As you continue breathing into the hara, your light becomes brighter as you breathe out feel the light filling your body looking out into the area around you every breath in your light becomes brighter Every breath out, light becomes stronger around you. As you breathe in, feel your body filled with your inner light. As you breathe out, feel that light shining out of every pore of your body, filling the space around you. As you breathe in and out, start to feel your physical body disappear. Become the light. As you breathe in and out, Feel yourself disappear. Feel the beautiful light of energy. Feel yourself become your true self. Feel yourself in complete balance. There is no anger. There is Remember to keep the space of Reiki with you. Now I'd like you to bring to your mind an animal or multiple animals that you would like to offer healing to. Bring them to your mind. I'm here with you right now. Set your intention that you are open to facilitate their healing process, whatever they need most at this moment or nothing at all, simply going to offer and it is up to them if they choose to receive. Now as we sit in this wonderful space of healing energy that we've created with our breaths, invite your animal to join you in this space. Imagine that your animal can step into this space or step out of this space at his own will and choosing. Imagine that you are holding the space of healing, balance. You're holding the space to assist your animal. Imagine what they might do. You might step in, step out might stay at the edge of the energy, or they might come and lie next to you. Sometimes they may invite you to touch them. Sometimes they may not. Sometimes they will come and go. Other times they may fall into a deep. Whatever they choose is okay, are just feeling the connection with the animal, their heart's intent on offering healing without expectation. We'll sit for a couple of minutes in this beautiful space of balance and connection With our animals. back, your awareness back to your body, this feeling of balanced light and connection with your animal within you. As you come back to your physical body, know that this feeling of peace and balance lives within you. Carry this light with you to the class tonight. Carry this light with you into tomorrow and the following week. As it, as you feel it slip away, bring yourself back to the Joshin Kokyuho breathing. Always keep your connection with the animals with you. Will help keep you in balance. You're ready. Take in a deep breath. Back and open your eyes. unmuted you, so whenever you're ready, um, let me know. I'm ready. So this was um, the
2: Joshin Kokyoho, and we're going to talk more about this another week. But this is one of the the kind of basic meditations um, that we do from a traditional Japanese um, standpoint. And what it does is it helps us connect with the energy of the earth. It also helps us create the space of balance and harmony um, that we want to share with our animals, or with other humans for that matter. Um, It's a space where healing is possible. So this is one of the many kind of meditations and techniques that we will discuss um, over the next uh, few weeks here. Um, So more on that, but I wanted to start with Talking a little bit about either your experience with this meditation or or with the homework and kind of what how that went for you Um, how it felt and um, how did the animal respond and whatever you care to share
0: well last night I um, tried doing the Reiki per year method um, with one of our dogs and um, I had read the part where you weren't supposed to do it with your palms out looking like a predator. So normally I sat with my my hands palm up on my knee. That's how I've been doing it. So last night I'm like, okay, I should hide my palms. So I did it with my palms face down on my knee. And that didn't feel quite right to me because usually I can kind of feel energy starting to pulse out of my hands. And when my palms were face down, I was not feeling that. Um I'm not sure that I got the kind of connection I normally get with it, it, you know it it's okay to have the palms up. Um, that's totally fine
2: to do that. I think the point um, of that comment in the in the notes is that we don't want to be like intending that we're like demon, the you know the energy towards the animal. like raised hands. Yeah, but but having them up is totally fine. You know, if if that works better for you, then then I would do it that way.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: because this is all what what we're gonna learn over these next weeks. Here is we're gonna learn about a number of different tools that you can figure out which ones work for you and which ones don't. Because we all that was one of the beauties of what usui. Um, provided us with is that he knew that we each are different and we each learn differently and we each experience the energy differently. And um, so he gave a whole bunch of different tools that do similar things or help with similar things that, um, that we can each try and pick the ones that work best for us.
0: hmm
2: you no, know, and and I find, you know, some people like this Joshin Koki some will like the one we do next week better. It's just um some like to chant, some like to use symbols. You know, it's it's um it's just very different in how people prefer to work with um with the energy. Um, so that's what we're gonna go through is all, all of these different techniques and tools and um you'll find ones that you like and ones that don't work as well for you and that's okay because that's we're all different you know and in how we um, and what works for us and what doesn't work for us and I think the key here is that you know we're going to talk about how we how we create a um, you know, kind of a, a respect for the animal and um, you know allow the animal to Choose how he wishes to participate and being open to that and letting it happen. Um, sometimes we may feel something and sometimes we may not and what we need to do is just trust that it's working. Because um, then we'll talk a little bit tonight about when we know it isn't working <laughs> um, because the animal will behave in a very, very, um, you'll know. You know, you'll know exactly because of the way the animal's behaving. Um, so... So that's um, tonight. I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, first of all, I want to talk about the definition of Reiki from a traditional Japanese point of view because it was something totally new to me. I know when I when I went from Western Reiki to the traditional Japanese, and I thought, think it works. It's really kind of works very well. Um, and then I want to talk also about just the basic approach for offering Reiki to animals. Um, just some basic things Um, It's kind of a starting point, and I know you've probably read a lot of this already, um, so we can, you know, talk about about it all. And then um, I also want to begin to talk about our mindset because our mindset is very critical, and that's really what a lot of the the tools that we learn help us with our mindset. Um, So um, the first thing here is... um, I don't know if you read on page four of the, the little handout that I sent. Um, one of my teachers, uh, Franz Tina from the International House of Reiki, um, he talks about, you know, we've always, I always learned originally that Reiki can, you know, if you look at it, its literal translation, it means spiritual energy because Rei is spirit and Ki is energy. And usually in the West, it's translated to be universal life force energy. Um, But Franz talks about it a little differently. I mean, he doesn't deny that because it's it's all these things. But he offers another translation, which is that Reiki means our true self or it's our inner light. So it's kind of like our soul. You know, it's the inner part of us, you know, and... um, you know, that our, our inner light is, you know, it's it's bright all the time. And what happens is life happens to us. And um, as, as we go through life, that light appears to be dimmer and dimmer um, to the outside or to to us. And um, he, he has this analogy he always talks about. It. It's, it's about a lamp with a lampshade. Um, you know, and when you put a lampshade over a light bulb, it's, Makes the light bulb look dimmer, but in reality, the light the light coming out of the light bulb hasn't changed. It's the light's the same, you know. And as you put more and more lampshades, you know, if you were to stack a bunch of them over the top, that light would just get dimmer and dimmer. Um, but then, when you take the lampshades off, the light becomes brighter and brighter, um, and then it's able to go out further and further, you know, into the room, you know, as you take these lampshades um, off of it. And what he says is you know that all the stress of life, so angers, worries, our ego, um, things like that are really like the lampshades and what they do is they cover up our inner light. Um, and what Yusui has given us is all these tools to help us um, remove those lampshades. Um, to make our inner light shine, allow our light to shine and to shine out further and further around us. That's really what this meditation we did today is all about, is, you know, making our light shine brighter and then we're able to spread it into the area around us. And, you know, a lot of, if you think about, you know, people who you are attracted to, you know, like you meet someone new and you you automatically like that person, well, that person's light, you know, is often brighter, you know. Um, So that's, really what you know he's talking about and I think that's probably the one big difference Um, not that either is good or bad it's just slightly a different way of looking at it um, which is what I think is so cool about Reiki is that you can you can come at it from different angles and it all has the same effect Um, is that rather than it's Reiki, that we're like, we're doing something to someone else, that all we really have to do is just be, and be that light, and we're being effective, you know, with others, um, versus trying to do something to someone, you know, um, we all we have to do is be and invite them to join us, and, um, and we're sharing a space of, of energy together, and that's that's kind of what,
1: what, he's, um, what he's talking about and what forms the basis of what we're going to do. So does that make sense to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I found it to be a really interesting
2: um, kind of way to think about it, you know, um, versus you know, that, oh, we're, we're getting energy from source and channeling it through us and out our hands to, to someone else, that, you know, really this energy is it's coming out of us and it's part of us, it's who we are, and it's
1: emanating around us through our whole body. It's not just our hands, it's really our whole body. So... Talk a little bit about, here about Reiki as a meditative practice. Um,
2: you probably, you know, have learned that as well. You know, in the Western um, Western Reiki, is, you know, it's very much about med- meditating and creating a balanced state of mind and an energetic space of balance and harmony that we offer to others. And, um, you know, we're offering this to them so that they can self-heal
1: not that we're healing them. We're making it possible for them to heal themselves. We have a number of different tools and techniques, which I've listed on there, the precepts, the meditation, practice. Um, There's some... ...tunement or an initiation, or in Japanese it's a reju. Um, number of different tools that we can draw on to help us create that space of balance. Any questions or- No, I'm just following along. Issues around that, okay. So now I'd like to talk a little bit about um, basic approach. Offering Reiki to animals, and the approach with animals really
2: is um very important and it's it's somewhat different from humans in fact quite a bit different from humans. you know I always say the human is the one who you know when when they want a session they call they call up and they make an appointment on the phone, and you know then they show up and they'll lay down on a table and they'll fall asleep for an hour and you wake them up and tell them you're done. Um, you know, and so, you know, you, it's really a lot easier working with humans than it is with animals um, because they've given permission and they've, you know, they're, they're going, going to lay there and, and sleep, um, most likely. Um, but with animals, most animals aren't going to lie still for an hour. Um, and some may not lie still at all. Um, some will, some won't. It's, it will always be very different um, depending on which animal you're working with and, and also maybe each time you work with the same animal, it could be very different. Um, so one of the things we suggest is to forget about your hands. It's really hard sometimes to do. I, I know myself because <laughs> um, I really always want to be able to touch the animal um, and I've had a few experiences where, where it's not worked real well for me. Um, I had one where um, there was a, and I was trying to beam, beam energy, but I had a, it was actually at Happily Ever After, there was, there was a dog named Lonnie. And Lonnie and her, her sister Lisa had been, you know, came from a hoarding situation, and they, they were very fearful of humans lot of situations. And the first time I met them, they were in in crates in a, in a room um, in that barn that they have at, out at Marion there. And um, you know, I could just see Lonnie was watching me, watching what I was doing. And even though she was like Howard at the back of her crate, she really was, was engaged with the energy. And... So, you know, I kind of focused with her for a little bit and, um, and And then the next time I'm like, well, maybe I can work with Lonnie again, you know, and maybe this time I can get her to, get her to come, you know, out of her cage and come into the room and lay there with me. I'll sit on a blanket and she can be by me. And, you know, she went to the corner and hid behind a couch or whatever was there, um, she wanted no, nothing to do with being by me in this, you know, but yet she she was there, you know. Um, then I think a, t- a couple times later they had moved her downstairs and she was in an area with a number of dogs. They were loose, you know, in this, in this space. And Alan and I both went in. There were quite a few dogs and, you know, they could get to where they were outside. And um, I was just like, I had my hands out. And I was bound and determined I was going to Lonnie was going to let me touch her that day. <laughs> you know? I was just bound and determined and um she um I kept like following her around and pretty soon she went out the little door and went outside. And I like looked at Alan, I'm like, What just happened? He goes, Ann, what are you doing? You know, he's standing there and he has all these dogs around him and they're all laying there snoozing away, you know, and he's just standing there being, you know, might you know, he had his hands down to, at his side and, you know, they might have been out a little bit, you know, and what not. But all all the dogs were around him and, you know, basic you know, out, you know, they were like taking it all in. And here I am focusing on Lonnie and Lonnie makes a beeline out the out the little gate thing and went outside. And you know, it really taught me that, you know, I ne- Lonnie wanted help, but I was trying to force myself on her, and she wanted nothing to do with it. But yet she wanted to be helped. Um, and so I kind of wrecked it that day for her, you know, and for me too. <laughs> um, so um, to the extent we can, we want to, like, get that, forget our hands and get that idea that we have to touch them <laughs> out of our heads because um, some animals will allow and some won't. And I think Lonnie totally taught me about about that. Um, it was, you know, too bad for her that day um, because I had the wrong place. Because um, we really want to gain the animals' trust. We want them to connect with us. So we need to meet them where they are, where they're most comfortable. Um, And I've I've also had a few times, because I also do healing touch. You know, I've learned healing touch for animals. And, you know, I've tried a lot of times to do a lot of the the positions. And, you know, I've also had, I had one dog one time where, I mean, I'm I'm lucky I didn't have my ear bit off um, because, He wanted nothing to do with me touching him that day. So you really have to think about the whole safety thing as well. And um, so, again, forget the hands. (laughs) Um, So, you know, what we're really trying to do is respect the animals and their right to choose if they want to receive Reiki that day and how they want to receive Reiki that day. And they're not the ones calling to make an appointment. We're deciding for them that they need Reiki. Um, and they may not be in, on board, you know. Um, so we want to give them a choice. Um, because with Reiki, the healing relationship that we have um, is really key. Um, and it really requires two things. Um, We need the intention of us, the practitioner, to facilitate whatever they need most at that moment, and we also need the animal to accept it. I know when I'm giving like an intro to animal Reiki class or like a talk or whatever, you know, I'll tell people, you know, even with humans, you know, if somebody comes in with the idea that they're going to prove that it does not work... Guess what? It won't, because they need to be open to receiving as much as we're open to facilitating um, session. Um, so it takes both sides. It takes both of us, you know, both both sides for it to happen. And so um, I don't know if you noticed in the meditation, but you know, there's a, a number of ways to get the animals' acceptance. Um, you know, some people are animal communicators, and they'll just ask them that way. Um, hey, would you like some Reiki today? Um, Even if you're not an animal communicator, you can ask them that. Um, But the way I tend to do it is I do it through intention. And so I set my intention that I'm open to facilitating whatever the animal needs most at that moment and then for nothing at all. And so I'll, you know, you give them the option to... You know, if you really don't want it today, then we'll stop. Um, you know, some of them may, you may need to do a distant kind of session with them. Um, some you may just need to come back a different day. Today may not be a good day, but tomorrow might
1: be a great day. Um, so it just really kind of um, depends. on the so, you know, the way I like to think is we just, we want to, create the space of balance
2: and harmony, and we want be Reiki and just invite the animal to join us. And what's beautiful about that is, um, is you know, a lot of times if you're doing your own meditation or if you're doing your own self-treatment, or even if you're doing a treatment with a human, you can just invite the animal to join you. And they'll benefit from the session just as much as, the human or you and your self treatment um, or three your meditation you can just enjoy and uh, invite them to join you um, so they get the benefit and often they add to that session you know that's what's really cool I always say to people us, the people those of us who work with animals we have we have we have it the best because you know not only can we help animals but they can help us you know and so it's this two way two way thing that's going on um, when we're
1: working with um with um the animals and inviting them to
2: be part of it.
1: So, any questions so far? Cuz I wanted to then go into some steps, you know, that
2: we can think about um following. Mhm.
0: No, I'm just listening and taking notes. It but, you know, a, a lot of what you're saying, I, you know, I've either seen it myself uh with the animals um had those kind of same experiences, so <laughs> it's making well, if a lot you have of any sense. Questions, just stop me. Feel
2: free to <laughs> uh, jump, because I, you know, we can. This is this is for you, so. Um, I want to make sure you're getting what you what you need out of this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just some steps to follow. Um, we want to always treat from a quiet space which, you know, you know from working with humans and even probably in your your, uh, massage, you know, you want it to be fairly quiet. Um, And we want to be in a space that's familiar to or comfortable to the animal Um, because we want to have it, we want to increase the possibility that the animal will calm down and will relax into the space. Um, so usually what I do is I go to the animal rather than having the animal come to me. Now with humans, you know, the, the human can come to you and you have a room and you have a table and they lay down and you do your thing. Um, where with an animal, it's usually best to go to that animal. So um, go to the animal's home or if it's a horse in a barn, you go to wherever that horse is um, Whatever type of animal it is, you go to them. Um, we always want to have the animal have the ability to move around, if at all possible. Now, it's not always possible if you're at a shelter, um, because you know, like I said, with Lonnie, she was in a crate, and you know, she had the space of her crate to move around in. Um, but if you can, it's nice to have a, a, the ability for the animal to be able to move around. And also a way to get away, um, if he or she, you know if the animal wishes to get away. Um, one time I had a gal who, who um, well she was going to take take this cl- or actually I think it was a level one class, um, and we had it all scheduled. And then she she was from southern Wisconsin somewhere, and you know so it was a bit of a of a hike up here for her, and then. Pretty soon, you know, she calls and she goes, "Well, you know what? I decided I I took I took Reiki in in Madison um, from somebody, and it was you know human Reiki, and and you know so I took it already. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine, you know, that's fine. And um, I don't know. A couple of days later, she um, she emails me and she's like, "Well, I was doing a session on somebody and they had a bird, and the bird was, you know, it's it's." little cage was kind of near where they were doing the the session and I guess the bird went berserk you know it just really got you know agitated and was upset and not liking what was going on and she's like well what what did I do wrong here you know I, and she was working on with the human you know and I said well the problem was that bird had no way of getting away you know the bird was in this space and were there and the bird could not get away. So you know it would probably be better to maybe not be in the room with the bird, you know, because um, that bird could not move and get away. So it is always good to to do that, um, you know, if you if they can, if you if you're able to do that. If you're not, then there's ways that you can. Um, and you know, have you with your body move your body in such a way that um you're not as imposing you know on the animal um again, it was a, another happily ever after example after I taught a class there um a few years ago um one of the the gals um that took the class, she emailed me, and she's like, "You know, I was working there in the in the adoption center and with the cat, and this cat just got really." crazy, you know, it was just very, um, you know, again, agitated and not happy whatsoever. It was hissing and, you know, having a fit. And, um, and she goes, what What did I do wrong? And I'm like, well, what I asked her is I go, how were you sitting? Were you like sitting there staring at them, you know, facing the cage and staring at them? And she goes, well, yeah. I said, well, you might want to try either maybe sitting at an angle so you're not like staring directly at them, but you still have kind of a line of sight at how the animal's reacting. Um, or, you know, I've even been in situations where my I just turn around and have my back to them. Um, that way you're not imposing on them and they're able to not feel kind of as, as um, threatened by it or whatever. So... Um, so that that's another thought as well because we want to we want to behave in a, a way that they will learn to trust us or that they will feel comfortable trusting. So we want to have a quiet, calm voice at their level. That's always good because we don't want to be domineering over them.
1: Avoiding eye contact
2: um, unless they initiate it.
1: Thought um, in working with. With
2: an animal, and we also want to make sure that we're a very clear channel. Um, like I said, we, you know, we'll be talking a lot over the next few weeks about the toolbox or the the techniques and meditations that we'll be be um, learning and and talking about and trying and practicing with. Um, have those. Um, we also want to make sure that we're comfortable and relaxed. We want to be in a position that we're comfortable. Um, You know, you can sit or stand depending on the situation. Um, We want to make sure we're grounded, grounded, and centered and focused. I have an open mind, and so a lot of the techniques that we're going to talk about will help us with that. And it's the other thing we need to recognize is that this is a journey. I know a lot of my my students will say you know i just can't keep my mind open i'm like well you know what your mind can never be completely blank it's impossible (laughs) um we need to learn how to put the right thoughts into our mind um um and we'll talk a little bit more about that but you know when we you know when you think about the end some of like the precepts and some of those things will help us with with are the thoughts that are in our minds. But, you know, if you think about an animal that's ill and, you know, you might be sitting there worried about, okay, what's going to happen to this animal? Are they going to get better? Are they going to, are they not going to get better? You know, what's going to happen? And we're sitting there worried about it. Um, You know, it makes it hard for the animal because we're just, you know, kind of amplifying their situation for them rather than trying to make it better you know we're we're sitting there amplifying it and so what i always say is try to reverse you know whatever negative thought you have reverse that see the animal as well um you know see it that way um you know i've had people ask me well how do you do that and you know, and even, like, when my dog Amanda was, um, you know, she was dying. I mean, we knew that, you know, and she wasn't going to get better, and I was doing Reiki with her every day, and everybody said, how did you do it? You know, you knew she wasn't going to get better, so how how did you keep your mind in a positive light? I said, you know, the outcome for me was not that she was going to all all of a sudden get better, and start playing again, you know, and be a young dog again and whatnot, she was going to pass. And so my focus became, how do I help her last days be as comfortable as possible? And that's what I focused on, that her pain was less, that she felt a little better than maybe she might have been feeling, you know, that it was just a better
1: experience for
2: her in her final
1: so, we're gonna talk a lot about mindset
2: because that's really important is how we keep our mind um and what we focus on with our minds um, so you know as you as you if you have things about that, please let's discuss them because that is is really important, and it's again it's not something that may come right away it's something that we all work on for you know, I call this all a, a journey. It's a lifelong journey because, you know, we're none of us are perfect and, you know, we're always working to improve and things will improve over time, but we'll never get probably to 100% perfect in, in any of this. Um, so we need to be a clear channel and then we want to greet the animal in some way. Um, say hi, pet them, whatever... You know, if you're able to. I mean, some animals are, you know, you're not able to because they're, you know, if they're an aggressive animal, you'll you know, a a gate or something in between you. Um, And so that, you know, obviously you don't... Um, And then we always want to ask permission of the animal. And we talked about this already, and I do it through setting intention, that they're open to receiving
1: whatever they need most at this moment. And basically what we're doing is we're sitting in meditation with the animal.
2: Whatever amount of time you can commit. And I always suggest that we try to, you know, have it be for, you know, give it some time. Because if you're working with a dog, a dog might not settle down for 30 minutes or 40 40 minutes. It may take them a while to settle down. And so we want to make sure we allow enough time for that to happen if, if they're open to having it, it happen. Um, so we're going to then create and hold an energetic space or a Reiki space using whatever tools work for you, um, you know, inviting the animal to join you in the energy and allowing the animal to move freely within the space.
1: Um I always suggest that we keep our eyes open. I know a lot of people feel they can
2: focus better if they close their eyes, but for safety purposes, I think it's always good to have your eyes at least in a soft focus open, maybe not completely open, but kind of a soft a soft focus. Um, we also want to observe the animal's behavior. Um, at what they're telling us about how they wish to receive um, the Reiki. Um, I have another example, it's, I have a few of them from Happily Ever After, um, but when I was teaching the course, the class there with the group, um, we were, you know, at the Adoption Center in Green Bay and they had like, this was their, their first one, not the one they're in now, um, they had this room kind of in the middle um, and that's where we were seated and we brought like five cats of the cats into that room you know, and let them walk around. And it was really interesting watching all these cats. You know, we created this circle of energy with amongst the class members. And some of the cats came and laid in the middle of the circle that we had. Um, a Couple of them stayed right on the edge. You know, there was a tree kind of at the edge of the room and a of there. Um, some of them climbed on top of some people and sat in their laps. Um, you know, each cat really chose a different way to receive the energy. Really, really kind of interesting. And some, you know, moved around pretty much constantly and others just really settled in and, and fell asleep. So, you know, it was really, um, it really, I think, showed everyone how this all can work. Um, it's it's
1: be different with each animal and, and each time. Um then when we're done with our our time
2: or we have to, to stop, um you know sometimes you know that it's time to stop. You know, something will happen that will cause the animal, you know, like somebody'll come home and slam a door and the animal's gone. Um so it, you're done, you know. Um sometimes You know, you don't know. You can sit there all day, you know, and and the animal will lay there with you. Um, So, you know, you have to kind of know when you need to stop, and then you just um, thank Reiki, thank the animal, and set your intention to finish. Um, That's kind of just kind of a basic just steps, you know, that you can follow if you're doing a session with an animal. Um, so, any any questions on this piece of it?
0: No, um, I'm just trying to think if there was anything that came up there. Um, I guess sometimes it can seem a little hard to tell whether they're getting into it or not if they're just kind of walking around the room or looking a little yeah. fancy
1: um yeah
2: and that's where we have to learn to just trust that it's working because typically they're participating unless they're getting really agitated or they just totally leave you know if if, like if they just totally like like Lonnie did she just totally left you know like I'm out of here um I don't like what she's doing to me so I'm out of here um you know they Typically they are, and, you know, I find with dogs, you know, they may go eat and then they'll chew on their bone and, you know, they'll get their toy and walk around and, you know, they might come up and sniff you and figure out who you are and then they'll go back out and do whatever and, you know, it is, it's very hard to keep your focus that way. It's probably one of the toughest things about working with animals. Um, but they're there. They're if they're if they're there in the room with you and they're they're um, they're 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 participating. It's just that's how they do it, you know. And then think about like a walking meditation, if you've ever done that, where you're just kind of walking and you're meditating. That's really what the the dog is doing is, is he's doing a walking meditation. But it's it. I know it. I know it's hard and it's very hard. I know I struggled with that a lot. Um, too, when I was first starting, and I know a lot of people struggle with it because it is hard to feel like you're doing anything when the animal's playing and eating and doing all these things. and Right. Like, well, forces, and, it, it looked, and you know, um,
0: it looks like they're not participating, too, even though I may know that they are, and you've got mom sitting there watching this going, I'm paying money for this? You know, I'm, I'm always... But, yeah, that's, that's a really is
2: hard, hard part of it, too. But that's where with the people, you have to explain to them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. This mm-hmm. is what they think. And, you know, you ask them to join in because hopefully they're experiencing it as well um, because they're going to, going to be sitting in this space that you're creating as well. So, um, you know, the other thing I find is often the animals issue it's not the animal, it's the situation <laughs> that they're in. Um, you know, it's because the family is chaotic and the family's got stress, or mom is stressed at work, or or whatever's going on in that life of that animal with the people and whoever's in their situation. And so a lot of times it's the situation that needs healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then it's amazing how... You know, when the people start getting feeling less stressed and and stuff like that, all of a sudden the animals better. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um, it's it's kind of interesting, you know, that way because everybody thinks, well, oh, I'm I, my animals got this wrong with it. You know, and yeah. you know it's really the whole situation that the animals in that's causing mm-hmm. them to have that. You know, especially if it's things like anxiety or you know. Chewing up everything or whatever um, you know we you find that a lot of times that's due to the situation as opposed yeah. to that yeah. animal only, and it's only that animal's problem and nothing nobody else around it, but that's the other beauty of what we do is is you're able to include the family or you know mom or whoever whoever it is in that you know if they're sitting there with you and you I invite them to join in as well um you know hopefully the whole situation will improve yeah. but it is hard and so you have to you have to find a way to explain it to them that in a way that they can understand yeah. that um that here's what's going to happen and it's going to look like I'm not doing anything but but it, I am you know <laughs> um
0: and their dogs Behavior is normal, the pacing is yes. normal They're not doing it wrong Because, um, right. uh, you know, I, I've had a, a couple instances Where the mom is getting nervous That, oh, this isn't working, this isn't working So her nerves are affecting exactly. the animal During the session, he can't settle And so I'll, t- I'll tell mom, okay, you need to relax He's doing it right, everything is fine But your nerves are getting on his nerves so just trust that it's okay and then when mom settles down well by golly puppy settles down exactly Mm -hmm. totally totally yeah it's it
2: it is it all goes together and um, that's why I like to look at this as kind of a holistic thing it's not just this animal has something wrong it's really the whole situation and so you're you're there to help the situation, whatever it is, you know, and everybody's will be a little bit different. Um, But, you know, it is kind of amazing how how it does help, you know,
1: especially when it's not a physical thing that you're working on. It's more of a emotional or, you know, often is the whole situation. So, and that kind of gets to the next point I had, which is, you know, this really works well on a lot of levels,
2: this whole approach. Um, You know, you can usually gain an animal's trust, so they'll choose to participate. Think about it. Most animals, the humans in their lives, control everything they do. Go for a walk, they're on a leash. You tell them when they're going to eat. You tell them what they can do and what they can't do. You know, it's like their whole life is is controlled by the humans. And so Reiki is something we can offer them where we let them choose. Often when we give them that respect, they will. Um, they'll want to connect with us because they'll gain a trust in us because we're letting them choose. Um
1: This approach allows us to offer Reiki to multiple animals. As two dogs and three cats, like I used to have, um,
2: um, you can offer it to all of them at once. You know, and and sometimes you go into a, a situation and, well, this dog is doing this, and you find that it's really the cat that's going to come forward and not the dog that time. Um, you know, and that's okay, um, because everyone is benefiting at the same time. Um, you can offer Reiki to animals that may be aggressive or wild. You know, so like Lonnie, that example, um, you know, if I hadn't, and of course I approached it wrong at that one one, one time, but... You know the first time I offered you know she was in a in a cage and there was a whole room of dogs and Lonnie was able to experience it um, she was fearful but but she was able to experience it because
1: I was able to not
2: have to be right on
1: um, We took a level three class um at a wild animal sanctuary. So we were working with bears and tigers and... and monkeys and wild animals and obviously couldn't be in their in their in their enclosure with them. We had
2: to sit outside the enclosure, you know, and offer offer to them and it was it
1: was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. But what we did there and, you know, getting back to the
2: situation, the gal that ran the, the sanctuary after our first day there, when we came back the next day, she said she lived on the property and she's like, wow, what did you do? It was so quiet last night, you know, because usually it's kind of noisy, I guess. Um, you know, the birds start talking and, you know, all this kind of stuff and it was it was so quiet because of the work that we did there that day. And she's like, can you come every day? (laughs) Forever, every day, all year round? Because this is great, you know? Um, You know, so there's just so many things that this can do. Um, The other thing is we don't need to know what the animal's need is. We don't really need to know what's wrong. And a lot of things that we, you know, a lot of the modalities out there are great, but you kind of need to know what's wrong so you know what to do. Um, Where with with Reiki, we do not need to know that. Um, I've found that a lot of times, you know, I'll be asked to come for a specific purpose.
1: And what I find is I help something else. Well, I'm something else that needed help. Before whatever the other thing was, was. Um, I
2: had a dog, um, she was a greyhound dog. Her name was Ida. And um, she was starting, she was 10, and she was starting to get some physical
1: issues. And so that's
2: why I was invited to come and, and work with her. And so, you know, I went a few times and worked, and there was one evening when uh, a thunderstorm Um, came through while, while I was there, and Ida, like, her, she, she was laying there, and her head came up, and started panting, and shaking, and she was trembling, and it was, she was obviously totally anxious, you know, with this thunderstorm, and, and, um, but she stayed laying there, and so I just kind of stayed with her. And, you know, time went on, and we just sat there quietly. And, you know, she was panicking, shaken, and
1: trembling, and whatnot. And then um, after a while, this all just started getting less. I mean, out, I mean, completely out. And we sat there for quite a while, and pretty soon I was kind of like, well, I kind of thanked her and said goodbye, and she looked up at me and went back to sleep, and I talked to her mom,
2: and her mom is like, yeah, that's normal. Whenever there's a thunderstorm, she she gets very anxious like that. She just goes crazy about the whole storm, and so anyway, I saw her a little few, or whatever it was, and um, that that summer we had quite a few storms, and um, her mom's like, you know, ever since you were here, she hasn't been anxious during the storm,
1: she'll just acknowledge it and go back to whatever she was doing, or happened before.
2: So, you know, I went there to help her with physical stuff. And, you know, I think we probably helped that a little bit too. But what I really needed to help her with was her anxiety. Um, I saw the same thing with my dog Annie. I had a black lab. She just passed away this year. But she had that um, ACL tear that they get, the cruciate ligament tear. And when they get that surgery, they have to be down for, you know, you know, they can't do much and can't go for walks, can't play. You have to watch them when they go out and all that good stuff. And and that was right about the time I was first learning animal Reiki when she had that. And so I was practicing with her. And, and um, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to help heal her knee. You know, that, that was what I was helping, helping with. And um, as I worked with her... No, what I'm really helping her with is helping her deal with the fact that she's a young lab that can't play and can't go for walks and I'm leaving her in her crate all day, you know, not letting her hardly move. And so, you know, this is really tough on a young lab like that and, um, you know, I'm helping her deal with that. So that's the other really cool thing here, don't really need to know what's wrong. And what we think is wrong may not be what they really need anyway. And so we're able to help them on
1: a level that they need to be helped. They need help or look, looking for help. I, I already mentioned that What's a, what else is great is all we need. Self-treatment, if we're meditating, if we're working with another human
2: them to join us and they'll benefit too. I also
1: I often find um I think with the homework tonight, to actually invite do a self treatment and invite the animal to join join all that is. Um I personally find that my sessions are much more
0: Hello. You there? Uh, yeah. It just it keeps cutting out, and it's, usually it's really short, but now it's getting longer and longer.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: So I don't know if I should try dialing in again and see if I get a better line, or
2: it, can you hear me now?
0: I can now. Yeah. It just yeah. I just been... need
2: to look at the the phone a little bit better. So sorry about that.
0: Okay. Well, maybe. Okay.
2: Um. So any
1: any questions on this? Nope. Um So now, you know, some
2: signs of whether they're accepting or not accepting. Um You know, most usually with you can tell when an animal, it's pretty obvious if an animal is accepting or not. Um you know, if they are accepting, you know, they may make eye contact with you. They often come up to smell your hands. Um, they may do sighs and deep breaths. They may yawn. A lot of times they'll push their body right into your hands. Not always, but they'll tell you, I want you to touch me here. Like they'll put their butt right in your hands or something, you know, Um you know, we usually want them to lie down and fall asleep, um, but they don't always do that. You know, we'll know when they're not accepting, though, because usually they'll move away from you as far away as they can get. Um, they'll go into another room, another part of the house. They'll just get away. Um, but usually you see where they're obviously just very annoyed or they're very agitated or they're very nervous. Um that usually means that they're not accepting it. So if they're grazing, or if they're eating their food, or playing with their toy, or whatever, but they're kind of around the area where you are, they're 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 participating. They're there with you. It's really when they just get really agitated. And, you know, I haven't really seen a ton of that at all. Um, typically, I find that that um, you know they're they're pretty open to being part of being part of it as long as we keep ourselves in that right space um, that they want to connect with us. But if you do find that they are, you know, not wanting it that day, you know, it's really probably best to just end the treatment um, and come another day because another day they might be just fine, you know. Um, And I often also suggest just offering a remote treatment as well because um, a lot of times then you're you're not in that physical presence and and um you know if the human's understanding enough for that remote treatment um, you know I've had some of my best treatments that are done remotely. I
0: was going ask a I was going to ask about that because there are some situations where I would like to offer a remote treatment. And I'm. What do you actually get people to pay for that? I mean, have you had people accept that and they're like, "Yep, I am willing to pay for that service."
2: Yep. Some. Some. You know, you've got to have the right person that gets it or that is willing
0: to try it
2: or get it. Um, Not everyone will be because it's a little woo woo for some people. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, I've done a lot of them with you know where I've done it volunteer. You know where I've worked with a like a rescue. Um, or whatever happily ever after I've done a few um mm-hmm. i I had a a cat rescue that I used to work with a gal that i I worked with she's moved you know to New Hampshire now but um but i i helped I worked with a lot of her cats um doing it that way um I had another gal that she was down by Janesville, and she was wanting um she's tried a number of things to help her bond better with her horse, and you know she tried everything essential oils and acupuncture and you name it you know she tried every you know about everything you can think of, but she hadn't done and this was more of a healing touch, but I did it remotely and um and um, I said to her, I said, well, you know coming to Janesville is probably not not going to work for me' That's quite a ways from here, you know, and and so, but I said I would be very willing to do, you know, um, some treatments um, if you're open to that. And I said, you know, I have, you can either do one or, you know, I might suggest we do a a package of three because usually you need more than one. Oftentimes you need more than one to really see, see results. And um, she's like, sure, I'll do it. I said, well, you know, I always ask that you be there with the animal. I said, I will call you. Um, I will call you when I'm ready to start. And then I will call you when I'm done. I will talk. It you
0: know, happened um,
2: at that point. And
1: she did the three sessions. We did, We did them. And,
2: you know, the horse
1: kind of. Calm and whatever, and during the session, and then
2: pretty soon I get an email. And you know, she was having issues riding this horse because they just weren't bonding real well. Um, and she'd had another horse that she had a very close relationship with, and um, she was really just trying to get this better bond so she could, you know, feel more comfortable riding the horse. And pretty soon, anyway, she emails me and she goes, guess what, we're going to Colorado and we're going riding in the mountains. And I'm like, wow, you go from being afraid to ride this horse to going to riding in a mountain, you know. Um, it was really cool, you know, to see that happen. Um, and that was all done, you know, remotely. You know, I would never saw the horse ever, you know. Um, so I can I ask- the very last week we're gonna talk more about remote but oh, okay. um but um but yeah, I mean it's definitely a great way to work with um with animals. It is hard with a lot of people. That's probably one of the hardest thing is is the people that um that you're trying to have pay you um to get them to understand. But what I find is typically just like this gal, the right people will come forward. Mm -hmm. Um, typically the ones who are supposed to come will. And it was meant that I was supposed to work with that horse, I guess, you know, because she came forward and she was totally willing to do it, never having met me just talking on the phone. And um, it turned out great, you know. Um, So I know, like, Lois and um, Amanda, I think, might have been a little skeptical at first who wouldn't be (laughs) um but you know they let me do it i said you know i'm i'm happy to you know do it let me you know practice you know or whatever and you know i know we were at a show uh, at the pet expo in green bay and they came by i don't know whatever night it was and said hey can you work on whatever the cat's name was and going on and blah blah and then um the next morning they came by and Amanda came by and she's like, Did you did you do a reiki with, you know, whatever the cat's name was? Um thought maybe so and she told me what had changed overnight, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, a lot of times they'll see something that, that's happened. I know one of these this cat rescue, they had a cat that was um missing a leg. You know, and it was having trouble, you know you know with the the opposites I think it was the back one that was missing, and it was the front the opposite side on the front that they were having issues and you know, I worked on the cat, and I know the the gal that I knew you know she was totally getting it, she you know she's totally a supporter and everything and her sister though was you know, she went along with it, but she wasn't sure about it and um and anyway, I called when I was done, and the cat's name was Chopin, and she goes, you'll never believe it. Chopin is now, she was laying on the couch, and then she, like, Susie noticed that she was, like, she jumped off square, off the couch. You know, usually she doesn't wasn't, like, square when she'd jump off. Um, and she's running all over the place, up the tree, and doing this, that, and the other thing, and it's like she never does that. You know, she never does that. So, you know, her sister's like, I don't know what you're, what you're doing, but whatever it is, keep it up. You know, seeing this cat do this is, like, amazing, you know. Um, and I find that a lot of times when I'm not there and can't have all these things in my head about how the cat's reacting and all that kind of stuff, I'm just open and allowing to happen whatever's happening because I can't see it. Um It it usually works better, you know, and a lot of it's this mindset thing that we have going, um, which is hard to do in the presence to have a mindset that's more open and um, positive. Um, So, But but that's what I think you'll find, is that the right people will come. And it won't be for everyone. A lot of people won't allow it. Um, You know, I talk to a lot of people that just don't get it, and what happens is, we never have an appointment because they don't understand it. You know, mm-hmm. the people who get it will be willing to pay, and they'll they'll be fine with whatever you're doing. And the ones that don't get it just won't. won't come. It, or you know, you'll talk to them, and they won't. They won't ever follow through with it.
1: That's what I've found happens. It's an education because. It is a different way of, of thinking, you know, for for um, a lot of the the folks. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to that class because I have a lot more questions. This is the distance Reiki is something I haven't done a whole lot of, but I've been getting started with it and trying different things, so I will have a lot of questions during that one.
2: Okay yeah we'll actually do one you know we'll we'll do one um together um
1: I'll guide you through one in that session so um I have one more topic that I just kind of wanted to introduce right, um,
2: and that's. We, we've talked about it a little bit on mindset, um, and the mindset is really critical in connecting with and helping the animals. And a lot of the tools we're going to learn, um, the traditional Japanese um, techniques and meditations will help us work towards achieving this mindset. Um But some things just to kind of keep in mind for now um, is that we want to release any expectations. Try to keep an open mind. Just be open to the flow. Let go of how we think the animal should behave. As we talked before, they're not going to lie down, or they may not, some will, lie down and fall asleep for an hour. I mean, some okay. may like to fall asleep, but it's not going to be an hour like the human will, like the human will do. Um, so we what just have to learn. To right open. what's that?
0: What page are you on right now?
2: Oh, I'm I'm not on a page. I'm just
0: okay. Because I lost you. I was taking notes on the pages, and now I lost
2: you. Oh, I'm okay. not.
0: I'm not even looking
2: at that. I'm. I've got. I'm looking at some other stuff here. But um,
0: okay. No, that's fine. Just go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of this. Um, I guess page nine probably has some of this on here.
1: Page nine, yeah. Quick here. So yeah, letting go of how we think an animal should behave. Um, Also letting go of the outcome,
2: what we think the outcome should be. Um, We've talked about this before, but we need to learn to embrace movement Um, because the animal will most likely move around Um, and we just need to know that they are receiving the energy. And always focus on the positive. You know, animals are very sensitive. They're very aware of our state of mind, our emotional state. And if we're angry, if we're worried, if we're sad, you know they know that, and they may not want to participate with us or connect with us, because we're there to help them. We're there to help make a something that's maybe not so great better for them. And if we have all these negative thoughts in our mind, you know we're we're not creating a more positive space for them. We're we're just um, amplifying what they've already. They're experiencing, and so they won't want to be part of that because they want something better. So I always say, see the positive outcome, you know, see them strong and balanced, see them healed, see them have a smooth transition. Whatever the opposite of what you're seeing on the outside is what we want to, you know, think about in, in our mind, in our mindset. And the other pieces that I know Kathleen always talked about is she always called it, look see with your Reiki eyes. And what she was really referring to is don't look with your eyes at all, look with your heart. Look into the animal's heart and see them for who they truly are. Look beyond that outer shell that might be be all mangled up, you know, in whatever way. Um, it might be sick or it might, you know, be aggressive or it might be whatever. Look beyond that outer shell and look into their heart and see who they truly are. See
1: their true being. If we do that, they're going to want to connect with us. Always Always um, remember that this is a two-way partnership.
2: Remain open to the possibility that the animals are helping us as much as we're helping them. They have a lot that they can teach us. They not only teach us how to better offer Reiki to animals, but they can also teach us amazing, valuable lessons and help us have a better, a better situation um, I think about, there's a, a gal that one of my our students, she has um, a horse, and her horse is kept at this barn, um, and at this barn, they have a pony, a pony named Pete, you know, and Pete, of course, you know, they, all the animals we work with, you know, a bad situation, um, and, you know, he found a great home at this barn, and um, with the people who own the barn, and, and you know, but he was kind of fearful of things, and so I worked with him uh, and helped him, and seemed to, you know, he seemed to get better after I worked with him. And then a few months later, um, this gal had us come, and she wanted us to do uh, a raindrop, so with essential oils um, treatment on her horse. And for some reason, that day I was just in a really bad. Frame of mind. I don't know why I just was, and you know we got there, and I'd forgotten my barn boots, and I'm like, all right. I <laughs> finally I told Alan, I go, you need to you need to do the the raindrop because I'm not in the right frame of mind to do the raindrop. He says, all right, well you can hold the oil. Well, <laughs> well, you know I do it, and she says, well, why don't we go out? You know we'll go out and outside, and that way you don't have to worry about your, your boots, and um, so anyway, I'm standing there and holding the oils, and pretty soon, I have this feeling that we were kind of by where Pete was, his little, he was out in one of the paddocks there, and and um, and I just felt like Pete was, like, calling me to come over, so, well, I got to go see Pete, I'm going to, here, I'll, I'll set this on this chair, and you go, and I'm going to go and see Pete, so I went over there and I sat, I stood by Pete. He was up by the fence and I stood there on the other side of the fence and just kind of stood there with him and I just sat there and I am stood there and all of a sudden all of this or whatever it was I had going on
1: all went away. It just like, it just all melted away. Here with this horse actually knew I needed something that day. Beautiful. Now here I helped the horse a few months earlier and then the horse helped me
2: a few months later.
1: I think that's what's so beautiful about this is it goes both ways. All this beautiful circle that we're working with here. just keep all of this open mind and allow these things to happen, some very beautiful things will happen. And, you know, we're not always going to be perfect. You know, our minds are going to stray. What we need to do is just revisit one of the techniques that we have to help us focus back in. A few weeks is talk about um Next oh. week.
0: Oh. I'm here. I lost you there. I lost
1: you. Um, i got to remember to just keep talking
2: up at the phone. Um, so any questions on that, on any of this? This is meant to be kind of the basic um, kind of general conversation, and then we'll get into more specific of the meditations and techniques and, in the other week.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, all that made sense. Um, and it's kind of reinforcing that what I've been doing is pretty much right. What I've been seeing is normal from the dogs. Um, so, yeah, I'll be interested to, you know, learn whatever other tools or nuances or or other methods um, we kind of get into going on.
2: Well, and the other thing I was thinking with you, with your, your massage that you do, um, you know, a lot of the work that we do um, with traditional Japanese is very much they're tools for us, for us as the, as for us, not that we're doing something to someone else or to help us get in that right space. Um, and thinking about what you do, you know, a lot of times this may just help you do your massage better because you're going to be able to get in the right space where it's going to make it easier for you to do the massage on the the dog or whoever you're working with.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have gotten in the habit of meditating for the the last 10 minutes before the session while I'm waiting for them to arrive. I have been spending that, um, because they come to me rather than me going to them like you were saying, I found that home visits got interrupted, family life just, you can control, yeah, so I can control the space, I have a dedicated space that we put in the garage with a heater and, you know, so it's a completely isolated, quiet, comfortable setup, exactly the way I want it for massage, so I spend the last 10 minutes while I'm waiting for them, um, doing some Hara breathing and Trying to fill the room with love and light, and create that space so that when they arrive, they feel welcomed and calm and ready to work.
2: That's great. That's that's really that's awesome. Because um, I, I know I have a, a a gal who is a groomer, and um, she that's really a lot of how she used the Reiki was to help her with her grooming. Um, Oh, to make it because you know you're you're having to to work with an animal who probably doesn't want to be there. You know, um, it's mm-hmm. not the best the best the best thing that they they do in their life is go to the groomer. You know, um, and so Can I you're a able.
0: Story about that? Yes. About the groomer, I when I I don't remember when this was. If this was right after I had done an animal communication class or after my first Reiki class, but I was walking through Petco past the grooming window. And this overwhelming wave of fear and panic hit me, and I stopped in my tracks and turned to the right and looked right into the eyes of this dog that was on the table with the restraint holding his head and the person grooming him, and he had these wide eyes and was just looking at me like, help me. And I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for you. There's nothing I can do, though. (laughs) So I'm glad that you know a groomer that is actually thinking about setting the right energy and helping dogs with that, because for a lot of them it's terrifying and the fact that they don't tear the groomer's hand off i think kudos to the dog for showing such restraint and putting up with it
2: <laughs> yeah exactly well it's another example of how we're forcing the dog to do something you know there we're always it's the human guiding the dog to do whatever we want them to do and when we want them to do it you know um so you know if if I always say if if that's all someone gets from it is to help them do something else they do better, that's great, you know, and if something more grows out of it on the journey, then that's even better, but you know it's like um if it can just help us and our lives and help help our animals' lives be better then great you know we've 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 done something good you know um with this work um and it's a journey, you know, everybody starts in one place and we all we're we're all starting from different places. So, we're all on a different stage of our journey. Um and we all learn from each other and we the animals help teach us and it's all, you know, we're all we'll all go down different paths, but we're all kind of on on a similar path, but it's going down a little different road, you know, um with how we're using this this work so you know i I just have found that you know it's best to, uh, I just put it out there, and whoever's supposed to come forward will kind of like you you know you came forward and um you know I guess this was meant to be you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, hopefully you le- you'll learn you'll learn something new that you can take out and help others with you know um that's that's
1: what, what, we're, what we're all about. So that was pretty much what I had for this week. What I had for the... Oh, wait, I have one more thing.
2: Um, you'll notice on page 11, there's a meditation um, with the animals creating a Reiki space. Mm-hmm. And you'll see here the... Um, the Joshin Kokyoho is Hara breathing. Um, that's really what what it what it is. Um, but you'll see, it talks about the Joshin Kokiho You know how you um, and I actually do say here, place your palms face facing upwards. Um, so okay. you're right in doing it the way you are doing it, um, facing them upwards. Um,
0: I read that, that this morning, and I went, "Oh yeah, I could have done it that way." <laughs>
2: Um, you you breathe in through your nose and you bring the energy down to the Hara, which is at your belly, basically, your belly button area, just a little below your belly button. And then when you breathe it out, you're bringing the air and the energy out through your, your skin and into the space around you. So what you're really doing is you're bringing energy in and you're grounding yourself at your Hara and then you're, Pushing it out of your body into the space, so you're creating kind of like this Reiki bubble, if you will, around you. And that's, you know, and as you do this more and more, that bubble can be wider and wider and wider. Um, and what you're able to do then is invite an animal to join you in that space. And that's really what this whole meditation is about on page 11, is you're you're creating this space of balance and harmony around you using this Hara breathing or the Joshin Kokyuho. And then once you create this beautiful space around you, then you're able to invite the animal to join you in that.
1: So you're sharing this space of balance and peace and harmony and... Whatever together
2: in you know in this space, and you're holding that space for the animal so that's that's the the meditation that um, that I have in, for this week. I have some pages here on things to consider with different animals. I'm not going to go through that um, but then I had the homework and and I suggest if, if you can, if you have time to try to do this on a daily basis. Um, the more we can practice, the better we are. And I think we find that, I find that when I'm able to to do something on a daily basis, everything in my life goes better. So it's it's helping me be better at helping others um, when I try to practice on a daily basis. And so I have three or two things here. Um, This is the week I had the self-treatment is, you know, doing the, this meditation with the animals, creating the space. Um, and then the second one is doing a self-treatment and then invite the animal to share in the energy with you.
0: And you're talking about uh, working with the animals that are in the room with you for these, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, if if you can. If, if you can't, then bring an animal to your mind, like we did in the meditation. You can do it that way as well.
0: Is that basically a distance treatment then
1: it's very similar, yes um, but you know if you have animals
2: around or you're able to go you know to happily ever after somewhere like that, you know you can work with those animals um whatever you have available to you, if you have a friend who's willing to let you work, you know whatever um. You know, but just try it um, and see how it works and see if you notice a difference or see how the animal behaves, how
1: they respond, and also how you feel as well. Um, These are all just things for you to try. Um, You're going to find you'll like some better than others. Some may work
2: really great for you and some may not. And that's, that's why there's so many options is because...
1: Some things are going to work well and some won't because we're all very different. That makes sense. Mhm. Um, there's a couple stories in here that I had. Oh, there's the one on the
2: five cats from <laughs> *Happily Ever After*. Yes, I, um, I
0: read that one. Um,
2: mm-hmm. and then um, next time, and I'll get the. I'll get this out probably tomorrow, um, maybe Thursday. But um, but next the next week we're going to talk about um, the five precepts and how they play a role. Um, we're going to talk about the um, the Japanese energy energy system, which is a little bit different. And the chakras um so we're gonna introduce that
1: um, and That's a lot of what we're talking about next, time, so I'll be really
2: introducing that to you and how it all how it all works together and how it will then set up um the next week which we'll begin talking about, we'll have an, a new meditation called Hatsareho. That'll be the third week. And then we'll we'll start talking about the symbols and mantras the third week. And then we'll finish
1: them the fourth week and
2: do a do a remote
1: treatment the the
2: fourth week. So and
1: then I'll you know I'll share how I, I I've picked up using some of these different know, in
2: in the work that I do
1: and how you'll be able to try it and you'll find that, you know, some
2: work and some
1: don't, you know, as well for
2: you. Hopefully you can find a few things that, that will help, you know, help as you work with an animal and help with creating that mindset that will help them gain your trust and connect with you. One other thing that I didn't really talk about—that um, one of the stories, the one on boots that I have in, in there this t- this week—is um, that sometimes it just takes time. You know, the first time you you meet with an animal, they may be like not totally sure what you're what you're up to <laughs> with mm-hmm. them. Um, they may be a little cautious around you um, because they don't you know they're not used to working with a human. They get the energy. They just aren't used to working with a human this way. Um and so but you'll go like another time and you'll see that that they start gaining that you're you you'll start gaining their trust and and over time as you work with them like with Boots, it was like the third time finally Boots decided to jump in my lap and sit in my lap for the whole time. Where the other time she was kind of going all over the room. She might sit close to me by the end of the treatment, but you know it would took till the end of the treatment before she'd sit close to me. And then the third time she basically walked right up to me and jumped in my lap. You know, so sometimes it just takes. You might have to do you know a few sessions, and you'll find that it'll improve as you do more sessions. You know, so that might be something, too, is if you do have an animal that you can maybe do multiple sessions with and kind of see how it changes over the time you work with that animal. Mm-hmm.
0: So those first couple sessions where it seems like they aren't really getting into it, um, <clears throat> they maybe aren't getting that much out of it. Um, well, they are, but they're just okay. not maybe as focused <clears throat> in on it, you know, as... Okay. They, they will eventually be. Okay, so they may just not be getting as much work out of it, but there's still work going on. Yes. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're getting
2: something out of it. It just may not be what we think they should be getting out of it, you know. A lot of it, we just got to get what we expect out of it, out of our minds. Mm-hmm. I know that's easy for us to do, but I, and I know, you know, you've got to deal with the human, you know, the, the yeah. mom, dad um, as well. And, you know, we just, the best thing is just to explain to them, here's what I'm doing and here's how I would expect it to go. Mm-hmm.
0: And I do encourage um, buying packages of three. I explained to them that the first session is really just us getting to know each other. Session two, they start getting some work done. Session three is where the real work, where they really settle in and start. So I, I kind of prepare them for that and try and get them to buy a package.
1: Yeah, that's so that. They that's, don't
0: just come once and then go, well, eh, whatever.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's really good. I, you know, I have trouble with people even doing that sometimes. You know, it's, it's um, it's kind of funny. I worked with this dog that. Um, dog had cancer, and, you know, they called, and it was a very nice couple. They were very open to it, and, um, but, you know, and they had a really nice home. I probably could have handled a package of three, you know, um, but, you know, no, I we just want to do it week, week by week, and, um, or, you know, time by time, and so I went once, and then I, I went a second time. And then, then you know, you know, they seemed to see some results, you know, out of it. And then it was like, all of a sudden, it was like, well, you know, I don't think Bailey's going to be around much longer, so we'll just stop. All right, you know, it's up to you, you know, um, however you want to handle it. And, I don't know, they contacted me a, a while later, and it was more for, her mom or something, you know. And you know, we it never her mom never needed needed me to work with her, but she was contacting me about it and she's like, "Oh yeah, Bailey lived another year after, you know, we had the sessions and and um I'm like, "Really?" You know, and but you know, they got it, but they didn't get it, you know. It's like
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. could have really Bailey, you know, we might have been able to help Bailey have a more more, you know, Calm and comfortable life, you know.
0: Right. If they thought even if dying, then, that was that was when he needed you the most.
2: Right. Um, I've done sessions when when during deaths. I've done that. Um,
1: that's really um, that's really beautiful. Mhm. So, but it's it's definitely it's. It's a challenge. I
2: mean, I'll be honest, it's, it is a challenge with, I would say, the majority of the people, especially in this area. Um, there's just there's a, a hesitancy, you know, with mm-hmm. a lot of people. And I've, I've had, you know, I, I, my, my hope was to try to teach it a lot of the rescues and sanctuaries and humane societies and whatnot. And I've just I found that it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Tough in this area. Um, you know, I get a couple people who are interested, and and you know, beyond that, it's hard to make it go much further. Um, mm-hmm. Where you know, like others or like in other areas of the country, and you know, they're having classes all the time at their, you know, with the volunteers at the at their their, you know, animal organization, whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just. You know, it, it'll get there. We just have to be patient. I find that really hard sometimes. That's one of the things I struggle with is patience. Um, but you know,
0: I think the more of us doing it, the more normal it will seem.
2: Right. Exactly. And once people start seeing results,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's that's key. You know, it's funny. I with a Fox Valley Humane Association here. Um, they were one of the first ones I went to because they have a beautiful facility there, and I thought, well, it would be a great place to teach because they have a nice room where you can teach, and, you know, they have all the animals, and I thought, well, you know, I know they have the animals up front that are up for adoption, but then there's some in the back that that are, you know, have issues that, you know, that they're working on with them, and I thought, well, you know, maybe you know we could work with the ones in the back, you know, um, because that way you wouldn't have all these people around, you know. Mm-hmm. watching, you know, and like, what the heck are they doing, you know? Because <laughs> I'd go sit in a room, and I'm sitting there with the animal, like, they're like looking in, like, what is she doing?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: um, but, you know, it's funny. I'd go in there, and the director come, and I'm so glad you're here. Whenever you're here, it's so peaceful and so calm, and it just feels so wonderful whenever you're here. I mean, great, that's awesome, you know. But then when you go and you try to teach the volunteers and and what not, they put the skids on. You know, they they didn't want that happening there. I taught one class there but that was it. You know, and you couldn't get the volunteer coordinator to work with you and you know, it was just it just wasn't working, you know. And finally, they said, well, you can come, but you can only come on Wednesday morning and whatever. You know, I, I like, I work. I can't come on Wednesday morning. <laughs> you know, I have to come when you're open. It's the only time I'm available to come, you know, which is kind of why I wanted to work with the ones back, you know, because I could help these ones in the back that are having, you know, that you're trying to help either, you know, whatever their issues are. Um, but they just, they just it, you know, they they made every obstacle to make it next to impossible you know, and I was trying to be as open as I could be to, you know, working around them and, but you know, unfortunately I can't go on Wednesday morning, you know you know, because I have to be at work you know, so they pretty much put the kibosh on it all and I'm like, oh well bad but yet they noticed something when I was there and then the, some of the animals I worked with got adopted, like, shortly after I worked with them, you know. And they noticed that, but yet they weren't open to going further. So, you know, and it's too bad I couldn't have kept volunteering because that way, you know, they would have seen more results and maybe we could have made progress. But
0: can't do yeah. that forever, though.
2: And that's what I liked about Happily Ever After, especially going out to the sanctuary, is that you know they saw the results. I don't know that they understand it. I mean, they took a class, but I, I still don't think they understand it
1: mm-hmm.
2: perfectly because um, they, the whole, they, they, they would prefer, I think, some hands-on kind of
0: things, you know. Um, but, I know Amanda at least gets it to the point where she knows there's something to it. Because when oh, I was yeah. asking if I could go practice there um, for just to get more experience, get back into it, when I was first starting the business in January, she got really excited about it. and was like, yes, I, I will tell Dad which ones you should work with. You should definitely do Reiki. We love Reiki. So she gets it enough to know there is something to it and was oh, really yeah. excited.
2: Yeah, she's always open whenever I – because, like, I took a share <laughs> out there once. I only had a couple people come, but – you know, she's she's always been open to it. Which I mean, because I went to her, I'm like, you know, I'd love to come out and you know, this I hardly knew her knew him then, and and oh yeah, yeah, you can come, that'd be great, you know. And so they are very open to it, which which is wonderful. And I also work with Saving Paws. They're very open to it, but you know, I can't get. I've got a couple volunteers there to take a class, but I can't get. Any other ones? I tried on World Animal Reiki Day. I thought, well, I'll have my event there, thinking, you know, we could get some of the volunteers to at least come and hear about it, you know. Nope.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> nope. I had a well, the people, all the people, most of the people who were there knew all about it, but at least they came and we had a good evening. But you know, and it was it was a nice evening, but there was no one new, you know. Mhm. So I think it's just, you know, and then you know I still work and so it's it's hard to get get out as much as I'd like. Um but I think yeah, if we just keep plugging away eventually, <laughs> you know, eventually we'll get there.
1: And it'll it'll start happening. Mm-hmm. So well, if you have any questions or anything, you know, during the
2: week, please, please feel free to email or call or whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. So, if something comes up, feel free to, um, you know, if you, you don't want to wait till next week to discuss it, um, feel free to contact me during the week. Um, and I'll get back as quickly as I can
1: um, respond. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, I hope you found
2: this helpful. Mhm. And um, look for the next um, little packet. Um, probably the call-in, I think it'll be the same, but I'll, I'll send it out again once I set the call up. Um, you know, I think the number will be the same, and then that link in there is where I probably, by tomorrow, the recording should be there. Okay. Um it might be there later tonight too. I don't know, um, but you you know you can download it and put it on your you know on your computer okay. if you want it there. But all four will then be in the same place. I'll have it set up so that all four weeks will then be in that same that same link.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Well, sure. have a
2: good rest of the evening.
0: Yeah. You too. Thank you very and much.
2: Have a good week, and we'll talk next
0: week. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you.